Meanwhile, at the Hall of Cage. This is my snakeskin jacket, and for me, it's a symbol of my individuality and belief in personal freedom. Oh god, not the bees. Killing me won't bring back your goddamn honey. What do you think I'm gonna do? I'm gonna save the fucking day. How absurd. Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? How absurd. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. How absurd. How, in the name of Zeus's butthole, did you get out of your cell? How absurd. What's in the bag? A shark or something? How absurd. Well, I think you better pull the trigger, because I don't give a fuck. How absurd. I never disrobe before gunplay. How absurd. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Caging Greatness, the show where we discuss the films of Nicolas Cage and how Thomas Jefferson is a massive, massive wanker for our friends across the pond. <laughs> wanker. Wanker. That's God, a fun that's word. Such a funny word. It, it is. is. Like, like, a lot of, like, British, like, slang and colloquialisms just sound funny. Just Are you like, winding me up? You winding me oh, up. Oh, you're taking a piss right now. You fucking bloke. Hey, fuck off. <sighs> just... Jog on. It, it, it sounds like like a five-year-old insult, and then they just say cunt a lot. <laughs> That's not inaccurate. I hope this Get does- out of my pants, you wiggly, fuzzy cunt. <laughs> I hope this doesn't impede any sort of, like, bridge across the pond with any future... Uh, uh, United Kingdom. I hope yeah. not. No, I'm, I'm sure I'm, it's it's. I mean, I'm a huge Anglophile, and and it's just it's just fun to say the cool British stuff the way we sound because it does not work. Like, ha! Oh yeah, you're a wanker. Yeah, like, <laughs> he said wanker a minute ago. He said like, wanker. I don't know why. It was just it was just funny. Oh, it's a good time. But no, you drop me in the middle of fucking London, I'm gonna start windmilling. <laughs> I'm swinging on motherfuckers, all right? Oh just like God. it's just like we fucking won this war oh. for a reason. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> USA! Well, it seems a little outburst seems a little appropriate considering this film was made by Patriot. Wow, thank thank God this is a podcast that doesn't get edited, right? <laughs> and uh, I would never think too about editing. I, I was just kidding. For for all our UK listeners, <laughs> I'm not really going to swing on you. Well, I mean, no, I, I it's a you. joke. It's a joke. Yeah, we had to put Johnson back in free speech jail. I mean, anyone who's However, listened to this show. UK, you got to get a hold of your turf problem. It's real bad. Well, anyone who's listened to the show more than once already knows that you are probably legitimately a communist. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't, you know, anyone who's heard I probably you wouldn't talk, use that language, but like, well, very sure. far left. Yeah. Super duper far left. Hit him with your best shot. Da-na, oh, yeah. Da-na. Anyway. Hit him with your best shot. <laughs> we are here with our first regular episode in what feels like 10 years. I know. It, it's been a minute. There have been like three special episodes, <laughs> two uncaged. At this point, the cage is a special episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Well, I mean, okay. our original plan had been two episodes a month. And we just we, we have blown past that shit. Yeah, we uh, we just got a little too froggy, a little too antsy. Uh, I, I will say, I would, I think coming up in October, uh, you can actually expect like consistent cage for a few. It will be our longest tenure cage since probably spring or the start of the show. <laughs> if I remember correctly, that's not correct. Let me check. Cause okay, uh, no, no, October is yeah. October is other than the, f- the first week, which is next week. That's John's birthday week. Then yeah, we're gonna have three in a row. Actually, it was uh, my pick. 
or uh, yeah. Oh yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. The uncut, I was about yeah. to say, it was like, yeah, my birthday. Wait, my birthday's <laughs> in like fucking May. Wait, what is my bad. Three cage movies in a row will be the longest cage streak we've done since this show's inception. I think that is the, correct. The, yes. the show started, we did four in a row. Oh, yeah, but we'll okay. have Vampires Kiss, Season of the Witch, and then both Ghost Riders. Mm, hell yeah! Uh, and Vampires music. Kiss, I don't think we're gonna have our friend Jr. I don't think he's gonna be able to make it, but we'll still try to make that a fun special episode for the three of you that listen to the show. Yeah, we'll have our show. friend oh, RJ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, I could I could see if if my buddy Ken Logan wants to come play, have, have fun with us. Yeah, like because he he wanted to do the Left Behind episode at some point. <laughs> uh, oh hell yeah! So yeah, so uh, I, yeah, I, I can ask him. Yeah, we got some people we can ask to see if they want a guest. We'll yeah. have a guest. God damn it! Yeah, we'll, we'll beg a few people. We'll, we'll get <laughs> yeah, on our, we'll, we'll, we'll get on our hands and knees and scrape and prostrate ourselves. <laughs> on our I've I've even I've even um. Uh, dropped a line to friend of the show Joe. I've even given him the option if he wanted to join. Yeah, no, we'll we'll figure something out for a guest for that one. Even though I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. Uh, anyway, again, this is Cajun <laughs> yeah, Greatness. <laughs> and as always, we are five minutes into the episode. We haven't even talked about what we're doing. Nope, sure. That's yeah, that's, that's actually pretty quick okay. for us. Uh, <laughs> See, this is just our warm up. Yeah. And as always, I have my special friends with me here. The four of us, they've all recently returned from a breakfast review uh, in our state penitentiary called Prisoners of the Toastland. <laughs> to my right is, of course, John. I actually like that one. <laughs> I have to say, sir, chef's kiss. Thank you. Thank you. Gabagool. I thought of that 30 <laughs> seconds ago, and I'm very proud of it. <laughs> so uh, did we mention we're talking about Prisoners of the Ghost? No, I was doing the introduction first, no. then we're going to get to that. So we have John. Say Great, hi. now oh, we have to talk uh, about another movie. Now, now. we have Jeez. Pat. <laughs> yeah, hello everyone, it's Pistolero Pat. Oh. Bang, bang. And of course, that cannon guy. Yes, it is I. I am the only one here with the red warm blood. Yeah, uh, and to do his bit for him. Oh, I mean, because he's hold holding on. bottles. No, well. Oh, 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 oh Pat with the pat. gimmick infringement. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> this is a very, very, very local bit, but there's an, another kind of giving infringement I saw on the way back home today from work. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Because, uh, you know, um, if you live in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, you know there's a very famous or infamous little cowboy on the side of the road who waves a, a honk if you love Jesus sign. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. nice guy. Oh, that's nice guy. Guy. Jesus man. But apparently on, Jesus time. And the, Jesus on, the, time. on a nearby part, there were some people standing in the corner with uh, honk if you love Jesus signed. So huh. there might be an impending feud, brother. <laughs> also, for the first time ever on the show, um, Otto is mic'd. Yeah, Otto has his mic. Yeah, that's awesome. No, no longer will Jonathan be the voice of Otto. He's going to stand up and say something for himself. Well, Otto, easy, easy, easy. Damn, Otto. Why do you have to say that? That was mean. You know, I, I'm beginning to think maybe giving Otto a live mic wasn't a great idea. That was a horrible idea. Like we, we've all heard him talk when he's not being recorded. That's that's horrible shit he says. Now, PP, mm, that's mm. the one you really don't want on a live mic. Yeah, yeah. So, see, the thing is, is like with. <laughs> <laughs> nope. We're, nope. We're, I'm, I'm, I don't care where this is going. I'm cutting it off because I'm afraid of where it's going. Prisoners of the PP land. So anyway, prisoners <laughs> of the poo poo land. Anyway, I was just gonna say, PP will steal your copper wire. You need to hire. <laughs> Oh, today we are talking about <laughs> oh, God. prisoners of the ghost land. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, we we saw the movie. We watched a little bit ago. We also all read the prequel comic. Yes, we did. And uh, we'll be discussing both yeah. here tonight. May I see that? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it's it's I like the art on it. And, yeah. you know, it's it's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet book. And uh, I ordered it straight from the website, Patriot Comic Books. And a shout out to the editor-in-chief, uh, Christopher Rita. I read I think I'm saying that one way or the other is probably correct. But I uh, want to say thanks to him because I ordered 15 copies. He sent me 16, an extra regular, and three of the black and white interior copies. Nice. Yeah, I know. Very cool. Very cool. We're going to shout them out on the Twitter uh, so that, you know, the three people who listen to the show... Uh, might also check out them. And know where we got our stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and, you know, we read the book, we watched yeah. the movie, and I am honestly very interested to hear what you guys thought of it. Because this movie, it's uh, it's something. It really is. Whew, I would say it's, it's a lot, whole lot of something. It's a whole lot. It's it an is experience. a whole lot. It's a whole, so, whole lot. We'll do our usual routine, starting at my right, which is Jonathan. Give us your star review, and then, you know, a quick little sentence or two of what you thought of the movie. Then we'll get into the meat of the story, such okay. as it is. I think before I give my opinion, <laughs> uh, I would like, because Pat, or, uh, God, I'm, Justin, mm. we were talking after the end of the movie, and he was giving me his impressions of what each of us would say. And I think it'd be a good bit if you oh, shared sure. that. Oh, with the- all right. Yeah, what were your, like what were your like impressions? It. All right. For me, <laughs> knowing you guys uh, the way I do, you know, and there's always wiggle room because you've surprised me. Uh, Jonathan, I think you put it at a three, five or a four because it, it did have a lot of very artsy moments. Uh, and also it was insane. Pat. I think you're sitting at probably a three, maybe a three five, maybe a two five, but right there in the middle, that would be my guess because you didn't laugh out loud crazy like you do for some of the stuff, but you were also pretty engaged. Cannon, you're the one I'm most curious about because I think it could go either way. I think it's either like a two or like a three five or a four. I think you either didn't much care for it or you really liked it. And those are my guesses. Okay. Interesting. So, Interesting. John. Hmm. Yes. My opinions on Prisoners of the Ghost Land or like a remix of Mad Max, uh, Kurosawa, and uh, Sergio Leone. Uh, I'm just going to cut to the chase. I kind of dug this movie. It was really fun. Um, I think the biggest problem with this movie, and I think something we'll talk about, is... It feels it incomplete in certain places. Like I feel like this would be like a good like two two to four episode miniseries, mm-hmm. and because like a lot of the stuff like with his inner turmoil. Even though we did get the the uh, the prequel book, the prequel book, and then just other like uh, the flashbacks, flashbacks. Yeah, see, you're reading my mind. I do my best. Uh, hey, you don't even need us. You can just do the whole show yourself. <laughs> Beam. Uh, I feel like we could have used a little more development with his arc over the course of the movie, but it's a really gorgeous movie. Uh, it's also a little slow, but I'm, I, I think I'm, um, like Justin said, somewhere between three, five, four. All right. Pat. Intriguing. What did you have to say? No, I, I, I really dug the way the movie looked. Because uh, Zion Sono is a very acclaimed director. He's known for gorgeously shot films, a lot of, like, gore and, like, really out there subjects. He didn't write the movie. And I know that was a bit of disparity with the general audience between, like, what he's able to direct and what he's able to write. And for me, like, there's a lot I really love. I love the whole, you know, East meets West, the samurai and cowboys aesthetic. Like, that's a that's something I just really just, like, sunk my teeth into. I think, I think where it loses me is that I, de- I think I feel that disparity myself because I feel like the, the, the writing, the dialogue feels weird. I know it's like this movie is in, has its intentions of being, like, this very fantastical leftist center type film but something about it felt a little empty yeah and i don't know it's part of me just it feels like this just like there's a just a creative divide like a, like it's simultaneously the movie looks well shot and well made at the same time it feels like you're shooting something that's very cheaply made with a high grade camera and like it, it seems cheap in a way that's not endearing to me in some ways. I, I, it, I really had the same sort of feelings like I did with Willy's Wonderland. I think this is a better paced movie than Willy's Wonderland. It, 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 in some ways, it feels like they're inverses of each other. Like there's things that Willy did better versus Ghost. And, and I don't know. I feel 
I feel like I, I would need to get more de- in depth as we go on, but I think I'm sitting right now at a two and a half. Okay. Like there's there's a lot I did enjoy, but there's some stuff that just didn't land for me. Okay. Cannon. Right in the middle of your yawn and stretch. What you thinking? How well, you feeling? I wasn't yawning. I was stretching, but ah. there it is. Oh, it's not even beer. It's Dr Pepper. But you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Okay. Um. So, very excited for this movie going in, and uh, read the book today. Really dug the artwork in it. Um. The movie, uh, you know, without basically saying exactly what Pat said, but I pretty much have the exact same sentiment he does. Like, a lot happens, but it doesn't but, feel but not like a there's w- a lot there. Yeah, it's like events happen, but it doesn't feel like much gets accomplished. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, they, they defeat the guy and overthrow this patriarch and whatnot, but it definitely feels like... Not much happens, but uh, but again, uh, again, uh, they're they do a lot with what little they had to work with. Like, there's some really like beautiful shots in this film. Like moments I really dug, um, but uh, honestly, I gotta say I'm at a two. And uh, well, I don't know. I actually, Willy's, if Willie's Wonderland is a two, this might be more of a one and a half for me. Because I, for whatever I've said about Willie's Wonderland in the past, <laughs> I, I did enjoy that movie more than this one. I will yeah. say that. Again, like, the, I mean, we'll get into it. Like, the, there really is, a, by the way, uh, Tex McAdoo 2.0, was that the fucking dude from the House of a Thousand Corpses movies? I'll find out. For the longest time, I couldn't figure out who that was, but I think that's who that was. House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and the whatever the... Three from Hell. Yeah, that one. No, yeah, it is. That is Bill Mosley, and he's from House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, wow. And Devil's Rejects. Oh. And Three from Hell. Like, he... Is he, like, the tall, long-haired guy? He was a white suit. Oh. White suit man. Tex McAdoo from Willy's Wonderland. Wait, I'm talking about in in actual, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long-haired fella, yeah. Uh, But, uh, yeah. Also, I feel like this movie would, I mean, (laughs) no, no, never mind. We'll get to that later. I'm (laughs) I'm at a one and a half on this. That's, I even thought of it, like, I tried my best. Like, I, in my heart, while we were watching it, I was at a one five. And I was like, man, that meter's got to jump up at some point in this movie. At some fucking (laughs) Mm -hmm. point. But it just didn't. And then I was like, all right. And like, I had some beautiful shots, too. But would you rather watch Willy's Wonderland before this, Ken? I, I, I don't think I ever want to watch this one again. <laughs> not that it's so bad that I'm like, ew, I don't want. But it's not like, oh, my God, I got to fucking watch Prisoner of the Ghost Landed tomorrow, you know? Like, to me, I feel like this movie would be good to, like, revisit in, like, 10 years. And honestly, you know how I think it, it would work better? As a fucking comic. I, I agree. That's just me. Or a video game. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I, I think the the medium of film holds yeah. the story back. I think the game Shadow Warrior, it's about as close as you'll get to this, I feel. Rising Zan, Samurai Gunman. Yeah. What, whatever those are, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's an old PS1 game. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Right. Well, first off, let me say, I'm pretty proud that I got that right. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> like, we've spent a lot of time together. I think it's safe to say that you three are my best friends and I know you all pretty well (laughs) and you know me pretty well. So now I'm curious without looking, (laughs) what do you think I'm going to rate this movie? I got it. I got to bow out because I saw your star rating. on. Okay. I saw it too. I haven't seen it. All right. Cannon, what do you think? What do you think? Cannon? He's rubbing his temple. He's activating his, uh, his psychic. Use your shimmy. Shimmy. Uh-huh. As of right, mm, I'm I'm feeling. Cannon's mm. uh, about to go galaxy brain. What's he? What, what is he about to uncover? I feel like he gave it four and a half. Wow, Bowser, Bowser, spot on, no! my friend. <laughs> I did Very not. Very nice. I, I look 
for real, like honor <laughs> system. I legit have not even touched Letterbox today. Oh no, no, I believe you. <laughs> oh damn, yeah. <laughs> Let I, me tell you why I love this movie. <laughs> And I'm not going to get into the specific scenes. Uh, I am going to start referencing some comic book stuff. And again, this is this is another example of the thing that I love that you guys aren't super into, which I, I get. To me, this movie, I'll take my letterbox review. If Fallout, anime, and LSD had a baby, <laughs> it would be this movie. That's not inaccurate. And it's yeah. not a bad thing to me. So I, I love... I love the look of it. Like, I, none of us are going to complain about that. This movie looks fantastic. Yeah, they like shot it, the hell out of it. <laughs> oh, yes. The, the, just the overall, like, the overall f- sensory stuff in, in terms of seeing it, like the lights and the colors and the, the cinematography, the way that things move on the screen. I loved it. It was really great. It was engrossing. Even when there were those long moments where no one's saying a thing and just watching weird shit happen, I was down for it. But... I'll tell you how this movie felt to me, and I'm going to use a word that might be a little controversial, but I'll explain myself. This movie felt... Oh, God, the guns are pointed at me. Yeah, Jonathan might have some company in free speech jail here in a minute. Put those finger guns away. This movie... (laughs) Oh, God, I'm dead. This movie felt biblical. Okay. Now, let me tell you why. I, I can see where you're going. Because uh, in the Bible, which I have read quite a bit, again, being a former youth pastor, don't act so shocked, three of you that are listening. Oh. <laughs> hey, well, um, this is Justin Lore here. <laughs> uh, if you read through things like the book of Revelation specifically, and then some of the Old Testament stuff where shit got real wild, it's, it's weird and it's trippy and it's clearly trying to tell you something using fantastical imagery that makes no sense and it jumps from moment to moment with, with nothing to go between it. And it just, it, like, and then in comics, Grant Morrison does the same shit, right? I love Grant Morrison. That's crazy Scottish wizard bastard can write all the comics and I'm happy. But like when he did Final Crisis, a DC event, that's how it felt. He said he was trying to make his own DC version of the book of Revelation. Like, shit jumps from point to point. Doesn't make any goddamn sense, but it was great. That's how I felt about this. Like, the, the things that you guys said that you didn't enjoy, how it, it feels sort of empty between scenes. You don't know how people get from point A to point B. They just sort of show up, and, you know, it seems to not make sense. It feels like a fever dream. I love that shit, <clears throat> right? Because... You, this movie, like, from the first moment, it tells you you cannot take what you're seeing at face value, but you can also take it completely at face value. And it's that dichotomy of what you're watching that I just, I eat it up. I thought it was fantastic. And it made me happy because it, it, it gave you all the weird, crazy cage shit and all the beautiful cinematography and artsy-fartsy shit. To me, this movie is what Mandy was trying to be. But I think this movie does it a little bit better just in in just to get to a little bit of the future Mandy review from the last time we watched it. Mandy, the first half was artsy fartsy colors and cinematography and weirdness. And I loved it. The second half was Nicolas Cage fighting pointy gimps with chainsaws. And I love that, too. But this movie is that but like mixed together. It's like it's like if Mandy is a deck of cards that's just been cut, this movie's what happens when you shuffle them all back together. Because there's weird shit, then there's crazy, and there's weird shit, and there's crazy. Mm-hmm. And none of it makes any goddamn sense, and I loved it. So, you yeah. know, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. And, and I, I see I agree. it too. Yeah. And again, like like I, I have no fault with what you guys thought. I don't disagree with you. This movie isn't one of those movies where like, well, clearly it's a great movie and you're just wrong. No, no, no. Oh, this movie, like it's an experience. Yeah. You, yeah. This movie's gonna hit every person a little bit differently. And I can understand how someone will see like, oh, this is like this is like all this wacky, like gonzo crazy, and I love it. And someone can see the same fact this is just like senseless drivel. Yeah. And no, that's how I, it, for what it seems like, a lot of people are kind of leaning toward like this is just bad. Um, but I do think there there is like a there's room there that it's ambiguous and like strange enough that people can glean what they want from it. Well, and, and, and there there's there's a message trying to be communicated that I don't know what is trying to be communicated. <laughs> like there's a lot you know the motifs with clocks and stuff, and then like you know of course like. 
the whole like ghosts of your past is an obvious theme and you know they they audibly reference Wuthering Heights which is movies or a book about revenants and the past coming to haunt the present and things but like then that. also the ghosts blow up in a nuclear mushroom cloud <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 so, yeah. and that's, that's sort of the, the dichotomy of this See, it, it gives you all these like you know classic literature references but also kaboom and explosions like it, it gives you it gives a little something for everybody yeah no, I, I, like I said it's just it feels ridiculous and biblically sort of like that weird biblical fever dream and I loved it I ate it up yeah, like when you you talk about it being biblical, there's like this like the more ancient forms of storytelling where things just kind of happen and there's not really much of a I don't want to say there's not like a reason why, but like there there it was definitely like bold choices and like a lot of the dialogue felt very much like a dream. Mm-hmm. Like where you'll ask a question to someone in the dream and they'll respond with some fucking gibberish. You're like, what? <laughs> and you, but you're kind of like going along with it at the same time. Yeah. Like there's, you're, you're following dream logic. Like, even though this isn't how people talk or communicate, like j- just with the setting, you sort of take that for what it is. Like, of course they're not going mm-hmm. to speaking like, yeah, that's a sentence. That's a, <laughs> That's speech. Well, it's, like, it's like the one character, the the one Japanese woman in the white dress with the chorus behind her. Yeah. She spoke in what the subtitle said was garbled Japanese that didn't match with what her lips were doing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then the entire chorus would respond behind her in English. Yeah. And it just, everyone just went with it. It's fucking weird. And, and, and yeah. that part doesn't bother me at all. Like, it, the weird shit, like, that didn't t- take me off, off kilter. It's just how they did it. Um, cause like, I, like for me, like I watched, like, you know, I've seen like, oh, this is a well, movies. Like, oh, this is wacky or this like, oh, this is weird, senseless bullshit. And doesn't mean anything. I kind of feel like there, a lot of the weird felt a little empty. Like, like felt like being weird for weird sake. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I've seen movies. I've definitely like, you know, we watched El Topo at the beginning of the year. Oh God. And I, I know somebody else. <laughs> that's that's going to be a preview for next week. And when I know, I know there's plenty of people who watch El Topo and think this is senseless horseshit. It's just, this is weird for the sake of weird. But to me, that felt a, a bit more directed and meaningful and like it's seemingly just random wacky bullshit. Well, well yeah. And, and with El Topo, you can really feel Hodorowski like he like put a lot of thought and time and effort into creating this thing. And I think a lot of the disconnect is coming from what you said in the fact that some of it feels like there, there's a disconnect between the director and the writers because some of the stuff like. It's hard for me to explain, but kind of feel sophomoric and am- amateurish. It, that's but, like- but then, like, it will cut to something like, like a Wuthering Heights reference, which I mean, I can see how someone would find that pretentious, or like, y- y- you know, clear like directorial decisions being made and like callbacks to motifs. I just don't know what one what it's trying to communicate, but. Am I making sense in all yeah, of this? Yeah, you are. You are. But I, I think it, it's also, it could speak to the, the balance in, in people themselves. Like, for example, mm-hmm. just to, to give you an example, uh, right now we're talking about how Wuthering Heights, as a reference, can be spoken about in cinema and the meaning behind it. And we also say things like, Oi, cut, I'm a British person. And that's been in the same, that's been the same 26 minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> just and say, like, like that dichotomy can exist in this, in, that dichotomy can exist between two people where you can have, oh, yeah. like, something very learned and something very puerile in the same space. Oh, yeah. definitely. So. But, but, like, they're, I've seen, like, a lot of people, like, fuse that together. And to me, it feels like two voices competing for control of the movie. I, See, it didn't feel like com- competition to me. 
it felt like it felt like there was the the weird allegorical stuff with the t- clocks and the nuclear bombs, mm-hmm. and then also you have Nicolas Cage in a suit with explosives on his dick, and one of his testicles goes boom, and because it just lends <laughs> itself that that moment is there, and you just you have to take that moment. You know, yeah. you've got Nicolas Cage doing weird shit in a movie of allegory, and it I think it's less. It doesn't feel like it's competition. It feels like someone had a rock song that they got a rap verse. It feels like Maroon 5 and and all the rappers they get for their choruses. I was literally about to say, it felt like there were like three different, three people playing the same song, but they're all off. Like they're not in like harmony with each other. Like, I mean, I'm not a musical person, so I can't like mm-hmm. e- explain a musical analogy. Like, no, that was perfectly. good. That was a good analogy. Yeah, I, I, it but, feels like three people are playing the same song, and each one of them's a half step off of each other. Yeah, like just yeah. like it, I feel and like see, if they could get just sync it up. Like I think there's a way to do this movie <clears throat> in a much more like congruent way, but I feel like this is we just have to we have to take what we get, and there. Because I, I feel like it's not striking the balance of oh this is like a like a like a strange wacky kind of eighties style movie, but yeah. at the same time I don't feel like it's striking this sort of you know oh this is an art house. I feel like it's just weird oil and water situation for me. I, and I can I can see that like it very much feels like. Uh, like I said earlier, you're watching a dream. You're coming in and out at moments because there there are large stretches of. Literally, Nicolas Cage yelling testicle, and then <laughs> it was more like testicle, testicle, and it was great. as he's like holding it and shit. Testicles, it was fantastic. And and then there will be long stretches that are languidly paced of just like no dialogue. It's all like visual communication. And, and I know there were there were parts where I was like in and out, and it. And sometimes, like, the crazy stuff, I was out. Sometimes I was in. With the more artsy stuff, sometimes I was in. Sometimes I was out. There there were mo- there were moments in this film where I, I, I wonder if... And, again, no disrespect. This is just how I feel about it. Um, I guess before I say it, like, uh, I should say that there were, mo- there were many moments in this movie where, like, one line was repeated over and over and over again. Just several times. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I was like, take it off, take it off, take it off, take it off. It's like, the the governor's dead, the governor's... Spoilers, the governor's dead, the governor's dead. <laughs> yeah. What, the bad guy It happened at least four or five times in the movie. And now, granted, there are, like, like there are lines of dialogue in this film. Uh, and again, this movie was very... Uh, it was very pretty to look at at times. The, above all else, the acting is what ruined it for me. Even for Cage, like, it's, I feel like we got that crazy, but, like, it, paycheck it, it, crazy. Or, or like. Like, uh, jujitsu. Like, I, I remember thinking that in jujitsu, like, I was like, man, he's just earning a paycheck in this movie. Well, I mean, the thing about Cage is, is he says he never phones it in. He tries his best with every movie. I firmly believe that because he's not the type that would lie about that. He's He said, I take these movies for money, sure, but then I do what I can to make the film as good as I can. Jiu-Jitsu, I blame the direction. Like in a lot of these, I blame the direction because yeah. if you have Nicolas Cage and you tell him what to do, he's going to fucking do it. And he might have an idea and you might say no and he'll just do the other thing instead. So if in Jiu-Jitsu... Yeah, I'm fully prepared to blame whatever hack tried to make that movie because he wasn't even good at directing fight scenes, let alone yeah. fucking actors. Also, and in this one, I feel like he Nicholas Cage was told be insane, be like super fucking crazy. Yeah, but I mean, but also too, like everyone else is kind of raised to that level too. Oh yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> and, 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 and it may, it makes the crazy Cage seem normal. Yeah, like like even Crazy Cage compared to like the 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 girl the Susie, the sister of the main yeah. female character. Like she reminded me of <laughs> of Bjork, not because of her appearance or her hair or mannerisms or outfit even though there's a little bit of that in there. But because I I I yeah. But I because it. like she was unfucking hinged, right? <laughs> like just completely out of it, just loopy. Like, you could see her attacking a reporter at the airport for saying, hey, welcome to our country, and then just going crazy, right? He just holds up a rope and goes like, da 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 Because Bjork did that. Bjork. 
So yeah, I got the Bjork vibes from several people in this movie. <laughs> this movie was well, Bjork has only made one movie. Yeah, and that is Dancer in the Dark, and that movie I've heard is very depressing. Yeah, I've heard I've heard and it's heard very this, unpleasant. The way it happened, the movie it never made her want to make a movie again. Yeah, yeah, because Lars von Trier is a predatory cunt. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Very true. How come uh, Nicolas Cage's uh, bomb suit looked like a poor man's like Ghost Rider cosplay outfit? <laughs> which, which is apropos. <laughs> <laughs> it almost kind of. At first, I was like, "Oh fuck." This motherfucker will be wearing a mocap suit the and, entire fucking movie. And, and like I swear, like I don't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast, <laughs> but I remember after, like when we initially, when I watched the trailer for this movie for the first time, shit you not, I was like, please tell me this is a sequel to Willy's Wonderland. Like I don't need like any context of how we got to this portion. Just tell me he's the fucking janitor. He doesn't talk, and he's dealing with a dude in a head-to-toe in a white fucking suit with a white cowboy hat. Again, this happens again, people. This is Tex McAdoo. The governor is Tex fucking McAdoo. I'm not going to lie. Like, you, you know how, like, with John Carpenter, they, they say, like, the thing, Prince of Darkness and Into the Mouth of Madness is his uh, Apocalypse trilogy? Yeah, yeah. I feel like Nick Cage is going to have another movie like this. It's going to be, like, some sort of... Uh, thematic trilogy. Watch I mean, it be a fairly odd parents adaptation. So there's still a cowboy in an all white suit with a big hat. Uh, you just my name is Doug Dimino. Well, they were they were going to make it a trilogy, but they turned it into one movie and made it and called it Drive Angry. <laughs> God damn, we watched it's that Drive movie. Angry, Willy's Wonderland, and Prisoners of Ghostland. I mean, they, they, all three characters have a car and uh, like a, like a dark leather outfit. Yeah. And would you like to hear a little fun fact that might actually blow your mind? Sure. Earlier, you made the comparison to uh, Mandy. Yeah. Now, I we have watched this movie not on this show. Yeah, but no, it's, we it have was, watched it was it. Uh, about three years ago, I think. Yeah. And uh, I have not rated it on Letterbox yet, but from what I can remember of Mandy. I can honestly say I enjoyed that movie more than this one. Yeah. That's fair. Again, I, I can totally see that. Can I, and I was not a huge fan of Mandy. I, no. However, I was I was a bigger fan of the ending more so than how we got there, I suppose. Well, yeah. At least, yeah. like I said, like the first half is just artsy-fartsy bullshit. Yeah. And the second half is insanity. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but uh, I see uh, this one though. It felt like it was a good mix of those. It was like you get five minutes of something crazy and then five minutes of artsy shit. And I thought, like I said, I thought it worked for what it felt to me like it was trying to do. It yeah. didn't feel like dissonant voices. It felt like uh, a rap collaboration on a pop song. It's this, the same song. It's weird. It doesn't seem to fit right, but it still somehow works. This whole movie was like a two-hour music video. Like, I feel like this didn't need any line of dialogue whatsoever. <laughs> if you, like, put, like, a fucking Seven Dust song over this, it would all make sense. <laughs> like, like, imagine or, or, if... Uh, what was that? Uh, There's a country singer who made, like, an a vid visual album on Netflix that's like an anime. What? I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I'll look it up. It, it, it's, I think it's, like... Sturgill Simpson? Yes. I have um, no idea. I, I don't know country, so I'm sorry, country. Yeah, no, I, I got nothing either. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. But, um, damn, have we even, like, officially started talking about the movie yet? I mean, I mean we've been we've talking been. about it the whole time just because we're not doing, like, a beat-by-beat beat breakdown of the yeah, plot. Yeah, this is one oh, of those, yeah, like, right? it doesn't really feel like a beat-by-beat beat breakdown is going to help but Because, I mean, literally, like, like, like we were saying, like, there's really not too much that happens. It's like... Yeah, K K you know, Cage gets assigned to pick up this girl. He goes pick. He goes pick up the girl. Yeah. Then they have a riot and fight. Tex McAdoo hires this guy to uh, clean up his um, his Chuck E. Cheese land. Oh wait, mm -hmm. no, never mind, wrong movie. For reference, <laughs> what John was talking about earlier, were Sturgill Simpson Sound and Fury. Yeah. Huh. Which, which is like a he, he's known for being a, a country singer, but he, he combines like country and like techno and a lot of other different musical influences on top of like an animated anime film. Yeah, together. I've heard yeah. it's really good. I've not checked it out myself. Yeah, interesting. 
But yeah, yeah. Um, just to give a basic overview of the movie plot, because it's just just to throw, <laughs> just go in there real quick, and then we there go back to because it was theme. what I was trying to do earlier, but failed miserably. And this is not a this is not a follow the plot movie. It just isn't. Uh, so this Nic- is a movie you just vibe. Nicholas Cage and Nick Cassavetes oh. fuck up a bank robbery. Nick goes to jail. He comes out like five years later to get sent off by Doug Dimmadome to find his runaway niece. Dimmadome's not Cage. And so he goes and he finds a weird, uh, like, fever dream society, the prisoners of the ghost land, if you will. And he gets stuck there. He's also wearing a suit that has bombs on both arms, his neck, and both balls, both of his testicles. He finds the girl. Uh, one of his testicles gets blown up. And he like he holds it in his hand all bloody and shit before yeah. he passes out. It was great. I don't even think you can say he was blown up. It was like somehow like whole a, in his hand. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> firecracker. It was great. Um, and then he goes back to the weird society. They're like, you can't leave because there's ghosts. And so he confronts the ghost. Turns out the lead nuclear ghost is Nick Cassavetes. And so he's like, I'm sorry. I love you. Bye. And then they let him go. And then they go back and they kill Doug Dimmadome and all the bad samurais that he's employed because they're samurais and cowboys. And the the new the samurai town is all happy and free and everyone's everyone's thrilled. And and Nick Cage and lead girl and Bjork are wounded but fine. <laughs> and uh, yeah. That's the plot of the movie. That's yeah. that's all that happens in terms of story. Now, and the rest of it is just insane. Yeah. Like, now, the bits I did enjoy. The whole, like, pe- mannequins blended with actual people covered in bits of mannequin. I thought that was a super creepy and dug Oh, yeah. God, that was, no, that, that was like, awful, that, and yeah. I hated it, and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that legit terrified me. The, yeah. There, there's, yeah. Like, hasn't it been was unsettling. A, there, there hasn't been a concept like that in a while that's, like, made me, like, Mm, that, that's fucked. Yeah. That's going to give me nightmares. Well, yeah, no, I did not enjoy that. I, I, I do think it. it's funny that the uh, just like get into a little bit of like the outer lands where like all these sort of refugees and castaways live. I do think it's funny that even though we're, we're led to believe the whole journey takes place over several dates in this far and distant land, but in my head, the outcast land with the clock tower ruins is literally just like down the road like what you can see it from the the gate of samurai town yeah like it, it doesn't feel like it's far away at all it's like literally because like <coughs> but it does some like bermuda triangle shit it, it, where it, it like distorts <laughs> time and space and reality yeah it's yeah. like it's like like the, the like the whole like mcs thing you walk into a door and you walk out of a door behind you <laughs> like it, it feels like it's close by but somehow really far away because like cage uh, he goes to drive away, but then he he, he like he's kind of like a fuck you, and like takes a bicycle and pedals out, and then Yasu, Yasujiro, <laughs> the the bodyguard, uh, Doug Demondon is like take the car, dude, uh-huh. and then five minutes later flips it after seeing the ghost convoy of prisoners and samurai, and then he ends up in like a pile of dirt and like flaming books. Uh, mm-hmm. That I kind of wanted him to stay on that bicycle the whole movie. That would have been great. You see, <coughs> I, I'm glad you brought it up because I'd already forgotten about it and how I was like, what the fuck is this? And why is this a thing? <laughs> why is this happening right now? Because it's one of those things where, like, in a dream, like, he picks it up. And, and you think it's just like, oh, he's going to be on this bicycle the entire time. And then, and then uh, Yashiro comes by and then undercuts everything that just happened like the last five minutes. Because like, no, we, we paid money for this car sponsorship for by God, you're going to use it. <laughs> see, that, that was when I started like, you heard me, I was laughing. I thought it was hilarious. No, that, no, that oh, was, it was funny. definitely funny, yeah. but it was, it, it, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, but yeah, I like, I get that. <laughs> this is here specifically for the joke, but it's like, it kind of feels a little shoehorn. It, it, it reminded me of a movie that I'm, I'm uh, almost ashamed to admit that I've seen. Granted, I was very young when I saw it, but uh, it was this uh, Tom Arnold joint called The Stupids. I saw that movie. <laughs> and uh, It was he, bad. He, yeah, it's very bad. He had to get somewhere, and he, he goes to the garage, and he looks at a bicycle and goes, <gasps> two wheels. And then he looks at the cars. It's like, <laughs> four wheels. And then he looks at a pair of rollerblades and goes, Eight wheels, and then it just starts rollerblading to where he has to go, and then it's like Nick Cage, uh, hero, excuse me, is um just you know just like drifting along, just like cutting donuts, like ready to go, and then skirt, 
wait a minute. I, I bet this crazy dude's um, what was it, granddaughter? Uh, will fit in that basket and then just gets out and just gets on the bike and starts pedaling. <laughs> it's just it's like, like wait a minute, what? And I know, I, I guess I just didn't get the joke. <laughs> you, get the, you get the little, like, little ching ching. Well, I, th- I think the absurdity of it was the joke. It was definitely absurd. Yeah, yeah it, it felt like he's like, He's doing this as an act of defiance because, like, mm-hmm. oh, you, you strap me full of bombs. Fuck you, dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take my sweet ass time getting your granddaughter. Fuck you. That is an interesting way to think about well, it. Well, yeah, and then, and then, because when he gives, when he, uh, Yajiro gives him the car, he, he's like, oh, we're on a timetable. Or he says something like that. He's like, oh, not enough time. Yeah, he, he realizes that, you know, oh, I, I gotta take this seriously. I'll get in the fucking sports car. Mm hmm. Um, <laughs> to drive the hundred yards to the ghost land area. I mean, that's, that's what it felt like. He yeah. would, it, it, it does. I will say there was there was no concept of distance, no. and I think that was part of it because that adds to the fever dream. Because you know, if you're in the middle of like a weird ass fucking nightmare, like I, I'm in this grocery store full of zombies. I wish I was home. Oh, here I'm home. Yay! Like, oh yeah, they were like zombies. Like, like you go down the aisle <laughs> and then like there's your bedroom. Like, yeah. I, I do feel like it, it, part of it feels like. It's just a, that's a little bit of a misstep, but I feel like it's an it's the way the movie is is made. It, it's you can cover your ass and and that it's like oh this is a very psychotropic space, so yeah. very mutable triangle where you can like you just time and space is just distorted in this fantasy world. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like he he has a director or maybe the writer more specifically. I don't think Sion Sono had anything to do with the the creative end other than directing it and filming it. So I did the the writer has an out in that scenario. That's fair. Um, but, but one interesting thing I, I noticed over the course of the film is like all these like fun little like Japanese culture. Obviously, the whole thing is like Japanese town, samurai town, and all that. But there's like these little bits like when the um, the bomb is put on his balls for the first time. One of the geisha is like, "Ha ha, Kintama, boom." Because Kintama means golden balls, and that's like a, a term they use to talk about testicles. Huh. And um, the whole bit where Ratman, like the, 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 this, this grounding team of people who live in, in the castaway, the junkyard, they're working on the their Deco Toras, which is like these, kind of like these, almost like they're big rigs, but smaller. These, these sort of these big, highly decorated trucks with like paintings on them like big kind of like rolling casinos almost or like rolling like slot machines and there's and that's kind of like a sub genre in Japan where like these hobbyists they sort of just pour all of this money into these trucks like these 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 big money enthusiasts like they love trucks and they sort of like that's like their hobbies like and there's like whole like conventions and like like basically truck shows people show off how much I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars they put into their trucks, and I thought that was really cool. But one thing I thought was very interesting, and probably one of the more like loaded moments in the movie that it could be completely passed by if you didn't re- recognize it, because uh, I only found about this earlier this year, listening to a podcast about Japanese horror stories. Um, but there's a moment when they're first letting Cage out. You see this big wall of like an edifice almost. With like um, the geishas poking their heads out and singing a song and turning their heads back back and forth, they're singing a song called Kagome Kagome, which is a song that children sing while playing a game. It's kind of like imagine like Duck Duck Goose in a way. Okay, it's not it's not exactly one to one, but basically one person sits in the middle, sits on the ground and with their eyes closed, and other children's holding hands walk behind him like in a circle without you know like continuously while singing his song and basically when the, when they stop singing you have to guess who's standing behind you and basically like uh whoever's it is the one that's sitting with their eyes closed they have to guess but the song is sort of like nonsensical in a way like it, none of the lyrics make sense and there's it's very interpretive like what it means some, some people there's like many different versions of it because a lot of it like a lot old nursery rhymes like ring around the rosy yeah uh, like it's, it's very regional and how it sort of sang and what its lyrics are but yeah. the most common uh version of the lyrics is kagome kagome which means uh bird in the cage or basket 
when oh like when oh when will it come out in the night of dawn the crane and the turtle slip who is behind you now like that doesn't make a lot of sense but the reason uh is that it's like it, it, a lot of people think it because it's so like strange and nonsensical it's supposed to be interpretive and there's many different interpretations of what it means some, some people think it's just literally referring to the game itself some people think it's about a prostitute the theory is the lyrics refer to a woman forced into prostitution a bird in a cage who is who has seen so many men that she can't remember them all who stands behind you it refers to the next person in line and wonders when she'll be able to escape when or when will it escape and it's huh. kind of a microcosm of the movie because it's like yeah some people will see it as nonsense. Some people will find meaning in it. Because, like, you know, because there's our, like, Bernice, the, the titular, the, the main character, she's sort of forced into, like, this quasi-sexual relationship with her guardian, her grandpa. And Which, like, that, that, that was gross. And, like, there's, you see, like, a lot of geishas in their stables, like, 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 it, like very literally like a prison. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like literal wooden bars. And, like, and they, they could get escape at any time because, like, with, the, with, you know, the cages in their head. And another uh, interpretation of the song is it's about a convict that's about to be executed. Kagome is a prison cell, and the bird is its prisoner. And uh, the line Surutokame Gasubeta, which is the turtle in the crane slip, symbolizes the end of the life and torture. Ushiro no Shomendare is the prisoner wondering who the executioner is. Like basically the line who's standing behind you yeah. and the disembodied head is gazing at his own but the disembodied head is gazing at his own body. That's metal's fuck. So like sweet. I thought that I thought the whole thing of them, them having that song in the background was like I caught that so quick. It's like that's really cool. That's really smart what they did. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know anything about Japanese culture, whew, right over your head. Yeah, no, I, I had no idea. Uh, yeah, Same. none. Uh, I do have a few interesting factoids about the movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, someone pronounced the director's name for me again? I think it's Sion Sono. Okay. Well, he had a heart attack when they started filming. Yeah. And so Nick Cage was like, well, for your health and, uh, you know, for, for other reasons, we're moving this shoot from Mexico to Japan. And when they did, two different people had to drop out of the movie. Ed Scrine was going to play uh, Cage's partner instead of Nick Cassavetes, and Imogen Poots, <laughs> Poots was going to play the lead uh, female character. And so they, they get in the, the place they got Sophia Butella. Correct. Who, uh, who, who you might recognize from the 2017 Mummy movie. Sorry, Tom Cruise. Because uh, where she played the mummy. I mean, yeah. you'd recognize her if anyone had seen that film, yes. I, I, yeah, saw that I, I, I don't know a person who has. Uh, well, you're, 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 watch you're looking at oh, it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I went to the theater to see that movie, yeah. How, how was that experience? <laughs> it wasn't fun. I'm so oh, sorry. Yeah. But also, uh, uh, the guy you mentioned, uh-huh. uh, was he the guy who was a villain in the first Deadpool movie? Uh, yeah. yeah I'm you see, because yeah. when I saw the uh, cast list earlier, I saw his picture, yeah, but... That explains it. He wasn't in the movie. Yeah. He was going to play the partner. Uh, but, hey, we wouldn't have got the fucking face-off reunion right? with Nick Cassavetes. And uh, also, how fun is it to say that guy's name? It's super fun. Nick Cassavetes. Cassavetes. I, I like caramel. He, I know he showed up on uh, face-off, and I know I asked this, but is he related to John Cassavetes, the director? Yeah, it was his kid. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. That's what I thought. I don't know. My brain has switched. I'm pretty sure I looked that up last and, time and double checked. Yeah, yeah, like I feel like we've already hashed this out on the show. I'm just like, and yeah, John my, Cassavetes was his dad. I okay. I joked about this while we were watching the movie about how this might be a uh, prequel to uh, Face Off because of the flashbacks. But you know what it really is? It's a sequel to Face Off because when his buddy comes back, he's like, "You're dead." And he died in Face Off, so... Yeah, this whole movie's yeah, actually... The, his character's in Face Off dying dream. That's it. It's oh, Caster oh, Troy and his buddy. Wow, <laughs> that, that, I, that I could see that as, like, one of those, like... Have you ever read, like, the Hey Arnold theory <laughs> that, like, it's all, like... Hey Arnold is like a special needs kid and it's all in his head. It's all yeah. fucking coma dreams. It's, yeah, it's all yes, like coma yeah, dreams or something. Yeah, lazy or everybody's dead. It's like, uh, 
that, that elsewhere shit is all like the 2010. Time. Everybody thought that was so goddamn clever. That's like mm-hmm. it's hacked now. Oh, oh it, it, well, it was it was hacked to begin with. Yeah. Let's I, be honest. I was about to say, didn't people hate that when Saint <laughs> Elsewhere did it back before? Like, oh yeah, no, were born? P- people were oh, infuriated yeah. by that. Yeah, because they come down and, and that nowhere. caused like literally every show to be related to between one that <laughs> and Dallas when that one guy wasn't actually dead because it was oh, a dream. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, well, so yeah. Um, also, fun fact: X Y Z Films, who helped put this out, also helped put out Mom and Dad, yeah, Mandy, mm-hmm. and Color Out of Space. Oh, you know, I can see there is a uh, uh, common through line. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they they've uh, helped produce several films that <laughs> we all enjoy, and then several films that we've probably never heard of. That is very true. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I mean, overall, like I said, if you've been listening, you've heard several very different interpretations and feelings uh, of the movie. So I suppose it's uh, it's up to you, dear listener. I mean, there's not really, I don't think there's really anything we can say other than like our own feeling, because I don't really know if what we can say can sway or dissuade you from watching it, because this movie is very singular in its presentation and its story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, it's really going to be up to the individual whether they find it uh, endearing or not. Yeah. It, it kind of... I, I, this may be sacrilege to compare it to, but it almost kind of feels... Now that I think about it, I was going to say it kind of feels like the movie Drive. Yeah. With uh, Ryan, Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Young Hercules. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and how that movie, at least the the marketing was very much like it was going to be like this action movie with this like cool character. And it was very much not that. Right. Like, because I, I felt like if you would have told me we would have had like this type of conversation with this movie, just by looking at the trailer, I'd be like, really? <laughs> yeah. This, <laughs> this, this movie. A, it was a bit surprising. Right. I mean, I, I thought I honestly expected that I was going to really enjoy the movie. And I did. But not for the reasons I thought going into it. Same. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's one of the things where I would encourage everyone to watch it just because, you know, like, we, whatever we say, we're not going to convince you whether or not you like it. We're not going to be able to, to, to tell you if you're going to like it or not. Um, and I, 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 if, you, if you told the same people, you know, Two weeks ago, that we're, this is the feeling that we had. We'd be like, "What? Yeah, yeah." Because this episode has been almost entirely serious and discussing critical film theory <laughs> as it applies to and just fucking like Nick Cassavetes, and just like as batshit as this trailer looks upon like first sight. Yeah, and like don't don't get me wrong. There's definitely some batshit crazy in it. Oh yeah, and I I feel like I've seen other people say this too. It's not as crazy as they thought it would be because I feel like yeah yeah. I know because a lot of like the crazy you expect it to be is like in the last fifteen minutes or yeah. so. Or I, I saw someone else uh, say this on Twitter. Like, if you're not, if you're, I guess like if you're just, it sounds a little demeaning, but it's like if you're like quote a regular person, if you don't really see a lot of strange movie, this will probably be like the most batshit thing you've ever seen. Yeah. But if if you are like <laughs> like watch a lot of movies or seen just like a lot more, media, if you're like us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah you <laughs> fucking losers, fucking play up, get on our fucking level, fucking beta. But I do, I do feel like if if you haven't really seen a lot, this will be fucking buck buck wild. Yeah, but if yeah. You, but if you if you are a bit more like more well viewed, this this is still crazy, but it's more, it's it's more like. Okay, that's crazy. Not like holy shit, dude. Yeah, like, but because is- like we got Justin who really loves it, uh, Cannon and Pat who didn't really care for it. I feel like I'm in the middle, like because like I agree with everything Justin says, and I agree with everything y'all have <laughs> said too. Because it's like I can understand like if someone were to be like, I fucking loathe this movie, I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah I that get makes it. total sense. There, this there isn't are, for everybody. There are nuggets of this movie that I really appreciate. It's oh, just the overall here. package just, like, didn't really pull me in. Yeah, it yeah. just depends on, like, how much, like, the aesthetic, a lot of, and, uh, 
just sort yeah. of the overall presentation of the movie draws you in. Like the, the only reviews that I would disagree with, because like, I don't disagree with anything you guys said. Like, because it's not, it's not a matter of disagreeing. Like, this is how you guys interpreted the movie <laughs> versus how I interpreted it, and that's totally valid. But like, the only thing I would disagree with is if somebody says, "Oh, well, clearly, you know, it, it's a shitty looking movie." You know, no. like it's real, it's real dull. It like doesn't look bad. Stuff like that, like that's just clearly objectively incorrect. That's yeah. the only way I'd, I could disagree with a review. Because you, you can't really argue with, you know, someone's a, a subjective voice or opinion because like that's, that person's individual take. You know, you can say like there, there are like hard things like this is, this is true, this is false. But like for something like this one, it's just going to be how it's going to hit you. There's no other way to really say it it's just gonna be on a very individual case by case taste yeah i kind of have a feeling that this might like later on i think people will probably warm up to it oh you know i feel like this has definite potential to become a cult classic within three to six years Mm -hmm. um because there is a lot to admire even if like some of the parts i don't feel necessarily mesh yeah, and I think you you uh, you know mentioned something that that makes a lot of sense too. Is this the the previews didn't quite give the best idea of what to expect, I, I, and and, there, and there's something. So when those expectations have gone down some, and people revisit this just fresh, knowing what it is, I think it'll be a lot. But it's like it honestly it reminds me a little bit of M Night Shyamalan's Lady in the Water, which I saw, having never seen a trailer for it. Okay. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought it was a fun little sort of fairy tale type movie. But if you go back and watch the trailers, it is absolutely marketed as the next sixth sense. There's nothing scary about them. It wasn't supposed to be scary. It was a bedtime story he told his kid. No, I don't appreciate the fact that he put himself in the role of the writer who changes the world. That was <laughs> that, that, that that was just like, him jerking like, off. But the That rest, is one of the singular thing that I like <laughs> cannot forgive about that movie. Like the I uh, I'm yeah, not getting I, into Lady of the Water. Right, like I try not to think about that part. But the rest of the movie <laughs> and, and as an, an avowed Paul Giamatti mark. Because I love Paul Giamatti. He's good I like yeah. the movie a lot. I, I haven't seen the movie strictly because of one reason, one reason only. I the village? The, yeah, I saw the village beforehand, and I was like, nah, I'm done. That would do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would recommend giving Lady in the Water a shot because it's, it's not bad. It's like just a, a nice well, little movie. I, I've seen videos about the movie and it, all the things that you've said, and I was just like, man, <laughs> I don't... I, I, no, that's I very fair. I'm okay. Very yeah, fair. It, it was definitely not for <laughs> it's me. It's like The Happening. Like, I've seen a dozen <laughs> videos about that movie. Oh, no, I the, feel like I've seen it, but... Uh, the there are was, so many movies I feel like I have seen, but I have not sat down to watch. However, I yeah. will make y'all watch Samurai Cop one day. Oh, hell I, I haven't seen the I'm whole movie. I'm down for that. But <laughs> I, I'm 100% but, down for Samurai Cop. Anyway, we're coming off the point where you usually take a break. I feel like, for this one, I feel like we're done. Because there's not a lot else we could say, you know. Like we could, we could sit here and tell you stuff like his arm gets blown off fighting zombies, but that's not gonna really. That arm gets blown off, but kind of, like, sort of, not really. Yeah, like it gets blown up, but it's not like bad. But it's just like that. That sentence doesn't even mesh with what this movie is. It's what happens. Yeah. But it's missing yeah. a lot of that context. But the, the point is. We all, despite our wildly different reviews, think that everyone should watch it because there's going to be a lot of people who are like me who fucking loved it. And there's going to be a lot of people who, like Canon and Pat, didn't much care for it. But you're not going to know. We're not going to be able to tell you no. unless you watch it we or s- unless you hang out with us and we become best friends. And then I'll guess your fucking <laughs> scores beforehand because I'm awesome. We've said it a couple of times during this episode. <laughs> like, it is definitely an experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like it's definitely one you have to uh, view for yourself. And I feel like even if you didn't care for it, like, I don't regret watching this movie. I'm glad I watched yeah. it. And yeah. There's, yeah. there's a lot that's really cool. I mean, not everything landed with me, but it's still, I feel like it's still a worthwhile investment. For sure. Yeah. Especially at an hour 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah like, this is not much time at all. Yeah, it's, it's not like a three-hour slog or anything. But and, like, I think it's safe to say we were all pretty pumped after seeing the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Trailer, so. yeah. Uh, it's one of those things I'm interested to revisit this movie years from now. And we're going to have to, like, in a... Maybe for a year and a half after doing this, we'll go back and rewatch some of our more contentious ones, like throw up Willy's Wonderland and, and this one, some shit. Just like see how idea. we feel. I like that idea. Just revisit oh, yeah. stuff, you know? And plus, it expands the life of the podcast. 
Yeah, it's where we watch yeah. every movie and then we, we watch, watch them again. Again. I mean, I mean it's, 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 it's uh, Cage of Greatness, Recage. Recage, Drive Angry. It's like, right. at this rate, I mean, we're, we're not going anywhere. No. It's like, even if we do all the Cage movies, you can just still call it Cage and Greatness and be like, well, our episodes are just fucking liquid yeah. gold. And then, like, once a month, we'll just rewatch a Cage movie. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, hey, you remember Round that time two. I said it was uh, two stars? Uh, I meant half. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. But uh, yeah, everyone should go watch Prisoners of Ghostland. And again, yes. big shout out to uh, Patriot Comics for, yes. for the, the freebies that they sent along with the regular stuff, thank which you, was really thank cool. You. And uh, yeah, let's do the plugs and call it what will for us be an early night. It's actually 1030. How long have we been going? This has been 62 minutes so far. Oh, wow. 63 Definitely minutes. Definitely one of the shorter episodes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, so. I'm characteristically <laughs> short, and, and it's not for lack of energy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just one of those things we talked about the movie. Yeah. We're done talking about the yeah. movie. We yeah. set our pace. So, John, where can the people find you? Uh, they can find me on the Twitters at J-O-N-I-A-B-Y-24 and John Anson 12 on Letterboxd. And Patrick? Me? Well, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at John Lost His Name. My art on Facebook at John Lost His Name. Mark. If you're listening to this through the week it came out, on Monday, September 27th, we released a brand new episode, which is the triumphant return of the Letterbox game. Uh, part three is where we take Letterbox for you, try to guess if it's a good or bad review, and then the losers watch bad movies. It's a great time. It's one of our favorite games to play. I think mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun to listen to. So please check that out. And I was the defending champion. Did I keep my belt? Oh, oh yeah. you'll have to w- listen and find out. And then on Tuesday, September 28th, Tanner had an interview with another one of his strange, interesting friends from Twitter. So go check that out. That's the late takes. That is, that is on currently streaming on Anchor. Cool. Cannon. Yes. Well, I have been that Cannon guy. You can find me at that Cannon guy on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And I, of course, am uh, Justin, also known as Captain Shimmy. You can find me at Captain Shimmy's uh, Kinda Art. I actually just did a new Cthulhu thing the other day that I don't hate. Yeah. And uh, I did a Harley Quinn Vampirella crossover sketch cover today that I'm going to post because it's not terrible. I thought it was fun. Oh. Uh, you can also find me on Captain Shimmy's Almost Music. I make stuff that's, yeah, pretty musical. It's getting there. Uh, you also Shimmy find made the intro to the show. I and made the intro to the late take. And uh, all the intros. Actually, yeah. Uh, like, and me, and, me and John collaborated on the Ach intro. So, yeah, I am the Mikey Ruckus of this podcast network. There you go. There's a reference for all you people out there. Shout out to our boy Ruckus. Yeah. Uh, you, you can also find me at the comic strip uh, here in Tuscaloosa if you want to buy some comics. I got the Prisoners of the Ghostland comic. Yep. Uh, oh, also why? comes with a free Cajun Greatness business card, which you won't need because you're listening to this, but fuck it. come from Patriot Comic, that just might be a little extra. Yeah, it's a little extra, a little extra. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Now go check out the Letterbox game where I totally kicked ass. So. Spoiler. Spoilers? <laughs> damn. I didn't say I won. I said I kicked ass. I could have kicked ass without winning. Also, he could be lying. I could be yeah, lying. We, we could be lying. Could absolutely be lying. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Time. And uh, always remember, never let anyone cage your greatness. Free Shavakadu. Bang, uh, bang. Yeah. I shitted. <laughs> How absurd. Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? How absurd. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence.